today on the Howard Stern Show. Chris Rock will be with us. Looking forward to that. We haven't had Chris on in a long time. For the first time in over five years, it's the return of actor and comedian Chris Rock. And I'm excited about it. Yeah. That's right. He's funny. Only on the Howard Show. by stabbing westward and i disagree i love that song but i disagree with the premise <laughs> and it was Why exciting are you arguing with a song i argue with everyone but i <laughs> i argued with the song that was like stabbing westward wrote this song save yourself i think i think it was like their big song i don't think they ever had another big song i could be wrong i don't really know the band but i think they put out an album and then the record company had nothing to do with them afterwards, but I could be completely wrong on that. But they couldn't even save themselves. They <laughs> couldn't save themselves. Christopher Hall wrote that song. He's it's a good uh, song. They, well, whenever they asked him about it, they go, uh, "What does it mean?" You know, and he goes, "I don't have an answer, and I can't save you, but only you can help yourself." Hmm. And this was in response to an earlier song that addressed mental illness and depression. But my my uh, experience has been, at least with the people around me, that um, I go, I can't save you. You save yourself. And then I go, we can't, you know, I can't save myself. And then and then I end up saving them. So I don't know what they're talking about. I wish I understood it. I, and, I, and I got pissed off at this fucking song. I was literally yelling at the song going, that's bullshit. <laughs> Doesn't work for me. No, I I tell people save yourself, and then they come back and me. Look, I'm having trouble saving myself, so you got to help me. I'm the Messiah in my family. I am. I'm the Messiah. I am like literally Jesus Christ. I give people life, and I can take it away. So I don't know what they're talking about in this fucking song. And I do love. I love it. this part. Of course you do. It's a fabulous song. Like, when he gets to the lyric, I know that you've been damaged, your soul has suffered such abuse, but I'm not your savior, I'm, I'm just as fucked as you. And I'm like, yeah, I would. I do tell people that. I go, I can't save you, you gotta go save yourself, and then they go, I can't. You couldn't be as damaged as them because you can do something for them. Right. I cannot save you. Yeah, but. What a beautiful song, but it's bullshit. No, he said, I can't even save myself. You're right. It's fake news. I even tell people that. I go, I can't save me. What are you worried about? And they're like, no, no, no. You help me out. You're, you're, you're the one who knows. I go, dude, I'm just winging it like you. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a mess too. Come on, I, give me a break. Yeah, I'm a mess. Leave me alone. Figure <laughs> it out for yourself. <laughs> ah, it's all bullshit. All right, enough of that song. I argued Who with it all saving? week. Who am I saving? Who am I not saving? Is the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Who am I not saving? 
at the worst fucking weekend of my life. Oh that's dear. How, yeah, I always do. I have every, every weekend at that song. That's why I'm happy to be here. I could deal with my shit here and work it out. <laughs> Sit and yell at people. Uh yeah, hey, um arguably You certainly when you're on the air, you sound like you know everything. That's why you're well, in the bullshit. mess you're in. I don't know anything. <laughs> you know, that's the problem. That's why I am in the mess I'm in, because people hear me and they go, boy, this guy knows everything. Yeah. Bullshit. I'll give him a call. I can't tell you. To all uh, my Jewish friends, I understand it's a big holiday for you. Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur, where God is sitting today and judging you. It's very strange. God loves you but there's a whole bunch of caveats with that if you're a jew god says i love you but today i'm going to sit and look over what you've done each jew he's going to look at and he's going to say let's see how did you live your life for the past year and if i like you and you he makes judgments we always say no judgments but he well, judges. you're not supposed to judge. He is supposed right. to judge. He is the judge <laughs> and the jury and the executioner. And he says, look, <laughs> you were pretty good. I'm going to let you live. All right. You mean and you could just drop dead today it, if you're well, not on the good list? No, he doesn't make it obvious. He doesn't obviously go, uh-huh. okay, you're dead today. I'm Yom Kippur. <laughs> Otherwise, all the, you know, all the bad Jews would drop dead. <laughs> Uh, no, he times it out over the year to catch you by surprise. You think you oh. got away with it. In fact, I know somebody was like, I think it was December 29th they dropped that. He goes, I must have been good all year. God overlooked me. <laughs> and then he killed him on that day. At the last minute. Yeah, but it's like, um, it's a performance review. And, the, and he takes a look at how you've been. And whatever you've done wrong will be evaluated. And, um, and he will kill you. Or as uh, George Carlin used to say, God loves you, but he'll kill you. (laughs) (laughs) What was the George Carlin routine? It was this. Religion easily has the greatest bullshit story ever told. (laughs) Think about it. Religion has actually convinced people that there's an invisible man living in the sky who watches everything you do every minute of every day. And the Invisible Man has a special list of ten things he does not want you to do. And if you do any of these ten things, he has a special place full of fire and smoke and burning and torture and anguish where he will send you to live and suffer and burn and choke and scream and cry forever and ever till the end of time. But he loves you. (laughs) That was one of the best George Carlin bits ever. By the way, speaking of great comedians, I arguably the greatest comedian alive will be joining us in just a couple of moments. Well, I'm talking... wait a minute. You can't make a statement like that. Uh, who's better? One of, maybe. Oh, well, yeah. Well, I mean, okay, you're going to go Eddie Murphy, Dave Chappelle, and Chris Rock. Sure. I mean, those are yeah. the, yeah. I mean, one of. Jerry Seinfeld's not but on you the could, list. You know, Jerry Seinfeld. You could, uh, but you could also argue that Chris is the greatest comedian alive today. Well, we'll ask him. <laughs> oh, well, that's a that's a legitimate question. You want you? Come on, Th- think about it. Home 
in a million man march. That's right, the million man march. Said, had all the positive black leaders there. Farrakhan, Jesse, Marion Barry. Oh, God. <laughs> You know what that means? That means that even in our finest hour, we had a crackhead on stage. <laughs> 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 yeah, boo, if you want. You know I'm right. How the hell Mary Barry get his job back? Such a great bit. It is. Oh, my God. And the delivery. Who was so bad that they couldn't beat a guy on crack. In our finest hour, there was a guy on crack up on stage. A crackhead on. on stage. A crackhead on stage. Jeez. That is just fucking awesome. It That's is true. Fun. I quote Chris all the time. Yeah. He, there's a lot of, lot of truth in those jokes. Bring the pain. Greatest hour comedy I think I've ever seen. I uh, have to say, bring the pain. Best hour of comedy great. I've ever seen. It was I've great. Ever seen. Ever seen. Um, yeah, but I'll ask Chris, who is the funniest person alive right now? Maybe it's even funny. Tell us it's him. I was even reading that uh, Chris Rock is thinking about once COVID is over that he would go on tour with Dave Chappelle. And I w- I'm going to recommend oh to him God. that that's a mistake. Really? Why? Because, I, I mean... Sometimes there's comedy fatigue that sets in. When you go to a comedy show, I have found, if you go and see a comic for a solid hour, it's great. And then there's kind of this moment where you go, enough. You know, Jerry Seinfeld talks about it. It's like, oh, great, 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 great. And then sometimes if you go on too long, it's like, oh, that wasn't so great. It's like, boom. It's like well, there the Beatles is the always leave them wanting more that yeah. way. They knew it was great. Yeah. And like whoever goes first is probably in the better position because the audience gets fatigued on comedy. I don't care how great the comic is. You know, you, you're up right. for a funny show. You laugh your ass off. It's great. Uh, it's kind of like you drained. Uh, Didn't and it's Eddie like Murphy used to have comics open for him. He would, but it was uh shortened. They also weren't. Yeah. Uh, Let's just say they weren't as good as Eddie. Well, no. <laughs> yeah. 
If I feel joy too true. long, I get sick. You know what I mean? It's like it's, yeah. it's too much joy. It's like the Beatles and the Stones headlining together. It might be just too fucking long. You know what I mean? Well, it's every like, once in a while you do get those kind of groups going out together. And and they seem to manage it. And they switch off who goes out first and all that yeah. stuff. But it, Comedy's you know, different. comedians, I would think that there'd be a lot of competition. Yeah, to I don't know. Kill the audience before the other comedian gets out there, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so that there's nothing left. Maybe. I don't know. I'll talk to him about it. I've got a lot to talk to him about. And, I also uh, he'll heard be with he's us. in therapy seven hours a week or something. I don't know much about that, but I'll find out. Um, yeah, so Chris will be joining us in a couple of minutes. In the meantime, let me say good morning to a couple of people. Let me say hi to Jimmy. Jimmy from South Carolina. What up, Jimmy? Hey, how you doing? How? My God, I'm I'm starstruck over the phone. Like, um, I've been listening to you since I, since I was a kid, like preteen. Thank you. Okay. I just want to thank you for for being motivational throughout the years. You motivated me to join the military after 9/11. Um, I was there in New York when that happened. Um, I, I just want to thank you every day. You motivate me. You motivate a lot of these people, man. You have no clue what you're doing. And I consider you as my big brother. I'm, I'm you the hit oldest. that right. I have no clue what I'm doing. You are right <laughs> about that. I'll agree with that, Jimmy. Thank you, Jimmy. That's very um, nice of you. Thank you. And thank you for All your right. service. Thank you. Thank, you. thank you for your service always. Yes. Bobo, I haven't heard from you in a while. What up in Florida? Yeah, Bobo. Okay. Listen. Well, when you start the show, right, from your bunker, could you see, like, all of the staff up on Zoom? Like, how do you know that Benji's showing up on time? You know, I'm thinking maybe he's using this pandemic kind of as, you know, work in his favor. Because if I'm saying this correctly with the fact that he's not under the watch for all staff and management. Your thoughts. <laughs> all right. Your thoughts. Your thoughts. <laughs> uh, well, you know, there's two schools of thought. Uh, I have to admit, sometimes during the pandemic, you kind of get this creepy feeling that nobody's actually working. You know what I mean? Like, you just don't fucking know what anyone's doing. So well, you walk around I've all day. I've seen kids who are supposed to be studying yeah. and going to class are are just leaving the camera running. And, and they go to bed. And doing anything else. But <laughs> yeah, that, that is so true. <laughs> I can't tell you how many people I know, parents who go, oh, shit. So my kids in Zoom school. And uh, I go in the room, and the kid is asleep on the bed with the uh, with the with the Zoom going, you know, <laughs> yeah, with the teacher yeah, talking. Yeah. <laughs> and then you tell the te- you even try to scare the kid. You go, listen, I'm going to have to turn you into your teacher because you're not doing the right thing. And then they tell the teacher, and the teacher's like, "Hey, all my kids are doing it. I give up." You know, the teacher doesn't even want to fucking work. It's like nobody wants to uh, work. Oh, but um, we do a mic check with Benji at 6:50 a.m. always every morning, and he's always there and. And I got to tell you, from what I can see, my 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 people are working hard. And uh, before the show, we uh, the staff, a, a lot of the staff is up on Zoom, and uh, we start in at around uh, six o'clock in the morning uh, with meetings and stuff, just to kind of go over what's happening, you know. And uh, right, and that's it. Why? I mean, yeah, I do see people. Oh, hey. Hey, uh, Bobo Puppet, you want to say something? I, I I was just wondering how you he was reacting to the pandemic. Right. Okay. Is Benji right. sending his a warm quack? Benji is uh, doing just fine, Bobo. Okay, he's he's on time and he's okay. been working. Now, listen. I also figured out 
why Benji over the years is so protective of not revealing his age. I think he's afraid of the number 50 because the number. All right. All right I got to get out of this. I mean, it's another. <laughs> he's got a theory. Out, it's another written out. Que- uh, Bobo Puppet, do you have a written out question you want to ask me? Uh, I have a very big question. Do you think that. Uh, oh, you can't what? see me, can you? <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> you want to be you seen too, me, huh? But you can't. Yeah, I want to be seen. I want everybody to see the boils on the top of my head. See? Yeah, yeah they look terrific. <laughs> they, Thank they look you. like they got worse. Yeah. Well, it's because I'm walking through the swamps looking for alligators. And the sun beats down on my head. Well, what is your question for me? My question is, do you think President Trump will close all the beaches again to prevent the coronavirus from starting up and becoming a worser pandemic pandemic no, than I ever believe, was? I believe that President Trump will leave everything open. Um, I think he's encouraging people to leave everything open. And uh, we will have a, another oh. wave of this pandemic that we haven't seen before. And while the world is at one million dead, uh, we will double that number very shortly. That's what so I think. Pandemic, according to both. Pandem- pandemic. Pandemic. Yeah. You know, so end, now, so yep. do, do you think that he will beat the 205,000 deaths in America before the end of yeah. the year? All right. Your Thank thoughts. you very much. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Your thoughts. There you go. A little Bobo music wow. for you early in the morning, right here at Sirius XM. You know what? Mary Ann from Brooklyn. Oh, oh sorry. Yes. Mary Ann from Brooklyn. I was going to say that uh, I got to talk to you about there's this show on CNN or HLN, one of those two, that's called What Really Happened? And it was all about Siegfried and Roy. The one <laughs> I have I to saw. watch that. Yes. It's amazing. Because, first of all, you start to think again how stupid everyone who ever attended that show was. To think they were ever in charge of those tigers and lions they had on stage with no leashes, no wall, nothing between you and the tigers. I told you what I thought about Siegfried and Roy. In any other normal universe, they would have been locked up in a mental institution. (laughs) They were two of the wackiest motherfuckers on the planet. I know one of them's still alive. But this yeah. whole notion, anyone you see living with a tiger is off their fucking rocker. And, you know, you say, well, why not live with the tiger? As soon as you say, why not live with the tiger, there's something very, very Lock wrong with him you. him up, too. <laughs> right. When you get in a cage with a, t- a tiger, wa- sees you as food. That's it. Would you get into a tank with a shark without any kind of protection? No. Those two guys were out of their mind, and everybody went along with it. Yeah, we all bought... That they were in charge of these tigers. And Robin used to um, Robin used what? to laugh at me because, um, you know, whenever uh, I couldn't get a woman, I would tell her that my face was mauled by a tiger, that I was Siegfried <laughs> and Roy's child. And uh, <laughs> it always worked. I always got sympathy. But 
That's it. Well, you know what? That was the other thing. They always lied and said they were never attacked by those tigers. Well. Siegfried had to have, I don't know, something like 90 stitches once in his arm because a lion that they worked with had getting at, you know, gashed him. Uh, there, there's a man who's still alive today who was completely paralyzed by another one of their tigers named Magic, almost in the same way that Roy wound up with Montecore. Because what happens when the, ti- the tiger knows exactly where to grab you around your neck so that he gets both carotid arteries and then crushes your spinal cord. So you're not going anywhere once he gets you. And then he uses his claws to rip you apart. That's what they do. And all of these trainers were interviewed, and they said, yes, Montecourt, there was never any he was trying to save Roy because male tigers don't even aren't even allowed to get near the cubs. The mothers will fight them and kill them because the male tiger will kill the cub. The female tiger knows how to hold the cub without breaking its neck. Male tigers don't even know how to do that. And we're sitting there with nothing between us and those tigers. Chris Rock had a good line about that. He said, the tiger didn't go crazy. That tiger went tiger. The tiger was just being a tiger. And, you know... By the and way, I'm Roy, glad they didn't kill that tiger. That tiger died a yeah. natural death because uh, he was just being a tiger. And Roy died from uh, coronavirus. You know? Did you remember I that? I do know that. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. That was also in the special that he finally succumbed to the coronavirus. But also, there is no such thing as a white tiger. They also scammed us on this idea that they were saving a species. That's a recessive gene that, uh, you know, any tiger can have. And you get a couple of tigers with that recessive gene and they become, they give a white baby. And so they weren't saving any species. They uh, were not, the, a lot of those tigers were bred so closely, Howard. They had genetic issues. They were a total scam. Wow. Gets you on fire about Siegfried and Roy. I couldn't believe I, I said, I sat in that audience. audience. <laughs> What'd you say, Marianne? I'm like, the, the hold, the hold, my, my blood pressure is going through the roof because I'm holding for you, Howard, all this time. Robin's talking well, about let me fighting. tell you something. I didn't want to, uh, oh. Robin, obviously, uh, Robin oh is hosting God. a new show called Tiger Talk, which we invite everyone to uh, come to. That's just a little preview of what you're going to get on Tiger what's Talk. Gonna happen? Yeah, Robin's going to reveal all the people. Uh, her special guest will be Carol Baskin on the first show. <laughs> and I suggest you tune in. She's going to blow the lid off of Tiger's. All the Tiger stuff. Yeah, Marianne, you don't even know. Already it's the number one show and it hasn't even aired yet. People are just tuned in waiting for it. Tiger just talk wait until you find out all the stuff me, going on with tigers. Let me tell you something, Rob. I've never seen you this lit up about anything. I mean, this is I your new thing. I not believe it. I was like, that is crazy. What were we thinking? Hey, by the you way, I had to thank you. you. Know tiger. I had to thank you, Robin. I was talking to my daughters uh, yesterday and you sent Debra something that was so sweet. Um, oh, all right. I better not talk about it now. But anyway, thank you. You know what I'm talking okay. about. All right. Okay. Marianne, yeah. I'll get in trouble. Marianne from Brooklyn, go ahead. 
I have a couple. I got to talk about you first, and then Chris Rock. Don't hang. Yeah, Robin. Robin is the Tiger Queen. You know that, and don't refer to her as Robin anymore. Robin. Robin the Tiger Queen. Yeah, Robin. Robin is part Tiger. I. I am you know a member of the Tiger Tribe. I've never seen you like this. You are on fire. Quickly, Marianne, because I I have to get to Chris Rock. Go ahead. I know you do. Chris Rock, I texted Chris Rock this morning because he has a number on Twitter, and I love him and check him out with Tupac Shakur from a while back. But um, I love Chris Rock. Howard, they were speculating about me on the wrap-up show the other day. They would say, what would I do if you retired? And I want to say this. I will go off into the sunset. I am not replacing your show with anything in my life ever. There's 29 shows left, Howard, and I will go dark. My social media will go dark, and I will go off into the sunset like Donnie Carson. Murray Povich at 81, we saw him, Howard, and he's going to go to 2022. 2022, Howard. Have you spoken to Beth or your family about it? Maury Povich must on? really have nothing going on in his life. <laughs> to be, If I'm 81 and I'm still doing this, there's something fucking wrong with me. I mean, Jesus Christ, well, he must hate being home. They're, but it doesn't take any time to do those shows because they always talk about how he's on the golf course all the time. Well, Maury loves it because, you know, you don't have to put a whole lot of energy into that show yeah. either. All you got to do is get some people in there, go crazy, and go fight with each each other. Pe- so, people who don't know who the father of their baby is. That's basically that's right. the show. <laughs> that, the person who wants to retire is the person who wants to retire is the person who has to go find all these people who don't know who their baby's father is. That's a hard job. Being yeah. Maury is easy. Maury comes in and goes, did we possibly find any other people for this? And they go, you're not going to believe it, Maury. we got a full show. Again, we found more people who don't know who the baby's father is. He's like, good, let's go. What the fuck do I care? The whole line is, I have the DNA test right here. Yeah. (laughs) My theory is Maury's had it with Connie Chung. It's like, he just got to get out of the house. She's driving me nuts. (laughs) She used to do the news. Now she's sitting home. I'm not sitting home with her. I don't care if there's COVID. I don't give a shit what there is. Remember, they, they used to live on two separate coasts. That's right. Because he was working over here. Uh, she was working here and he was working in Los Angeles. Once she moved into the apartment, he became the hardest working man in show business. <laughs> All right, look, I got to take a break. We'll talk to Chris Rock next, right after these little words. Everybody loves Chris Rock. Let's face it. Who doesn't? I've never met anyone who doesn't. Where am I in your library? Uh, it's my Zoom room. I, you yeah. think I really have this many books? Howard? Do you read a lot of books? I do now. Yeah, I do. Me too. I, I suddenly got into it. But, you know, I read on a Kindle. I have trouble reading a book. Like if it's in a Kindle and it, you can make the letters big because I'm old now. Yeah, you know? it's same, like, thing, same thing here. And now I'm, I listen to a lot of books now. It's weird. My vision is starting to get like really wonky. Like, uh, and I start to yeah. read, and it's just a fucking headache. But you, you were saying you had all these learning disabilities and stuff. I would think reading is torture for you. Torture. Yeah. My my uh, my my specialist was like, uh, the average person reads, and it's like three percent of their brain. I read, it's like forty percent of my brain. Like I'm exhausted. Me too. After, Two like, pages, and I'm like, how do people do this? But don't you feel like you wasted a lot of time in your life not reading? Like, don't you wish you... Yes! Just, 
Yes. It's crazy. Yeah. That's how crazy. I'm feeling. I feel like I wasted so much time. Yes. It's like, oh, I could have learned all of this shit. Here's I'm my, glad you guys discovered books. Here's my <laughs> thank you. <laughs> well, books are like my kryptonite. Uh, uh, you know how it goes. Uh, hey, Robin. no, but seriously, the three things, <laughs> Chris. The three things I sit and dwell on. If I had had some kind of mentor or even an adult that was interested in me, and I would have had some faith in myself, I would have studied guitar. I'd be the next Eddie Van Halen. I would have studied karate. Is so that a good thing? Fucking, yeah. So I could have beaten. Yes, that's it. What being Eddie Van Halen? You would have, well, okay, yeah. Well, you know what I mean. As good as Eddie I mean, Van Halen, both, without we both, no matter what, well, you and I love Van Halen, no matter what, no matter yeah, what. But yeah, I'd want no. to be Eddie Van Halen without the drama. You know what I mean? Yes. I I would think, you know, guitar, karate, so I could beat the shit out of someone finally because I was always getting the shit beaten out of me, and also. Like, maybe I would have even learned art, you know, like that language of art, like painting and stuff. You know, like, it it would have been a whole different life if I would have had this. I have this <laughs> nagging feeling that life I would have know. been. <laughs> that you awful. could have been somebody. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I could have been someone. I could have been, been somebody. A contender. It's the same thing. I exact same way I feel. What kind of books are you reading? What is back there? I, you, you know, what have sign- I been reading lately? I've been just reading. Um, what have I been reading? reading self help. Elvis Costello. Uh, a lot of self help shit. <laughs> a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of self help stuff. I read self help. What were we saying? Elvis Costello wrote a book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty good. Is it good? Yeah. You should read um, the Go Go's. Um, not the, yeah, the woman in the go-go's wrote a book. I love reading about rock bands. Frampton's coming out with a book too. It's pretty good. Oh, I gotta read the go-go's girl. I just read, um, the woman that, uh, died with Belushi. That, that, uh, was like, I guess gave Belushi the last hit a smack. Kathy Evelyn Smith. Is that her name? <laughs> Kathy Evelyn Smith. She wrote a book. Oh my God. You just. I've heard you, you know okay. what, we were talking about this this okay, morning. You have the shittiest internet connection ever. We've seen you on other shows because you're promoting yeah, Fargo. Like, you've got the worst Wi-Fi wherever you yeah. are. How is that possible? You're Chris Rock. you got millions of dollars. How do you have it shitty It looks like a nice I, place. I got, I got divorced, man. I lost, you know, you know, you know those <laughs> first two years after divorce are pretty, uh, you know. Chris, you always, yeah, I know you always say that you even say you took like shitty jobs in order to make money after your divorce. Like you got fucking wiped out. What What are some of the shitty jobs that you took that you I didn't, didn't take? take shitty jobs? I mean, let's see. What, what have I done? That's obviously divorce. Let's see. I made a book deal. That's kind of obvious divorce. Um <laughs> Uh, (laughs) are you writing a book (laughs) yeah just like an obvious divorce job right uh i'm trying to think (laughs) did you start writing the book yet what oh yeah 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 um do you get any of the money or do you are you writing for her (laughs) it just goes right to her uh (laughs) it's pretty obvious your wife got the modem i'll tell you that i mean with your fucking internet (laughs) she just took everything (laughs) whenever my friends are getting divorced i recommend my wife's divorce attorney that's how much money i lost (laughs) but chris i'm like this guy is good 
Yeah. <laughs> but, but you really Chris, want to get some money? This is the motherfucker you want. But Chris, when you agree to write a book uh, for the money, and you know, am I, I on the air already? Is this already? No, no, this is all <laughs> on the air. Chris, when when you agree to write a book, it means I would assume the publisher doesn't want you to just do comedy bits. They want your life story, they, right? They, they want, yeah, yeah. So oh, I mean, you know, I'm not, I haven't even got to that book yet. Have, you know, I haven't got to that book yet. But. Yeah, but I mean, that's a bit. You know, people go. You know. Are you so here. famous that um, who was I talking to the other day? I think Seinfeld. And you get to this point where you realize everything that's happened to you is going to be written about. <laughs> 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 it's like I'm you think it's all. It's, you're, you're like it's all private. And I don't. I'm a private person. But then you get to a point. You're so famous, Howard. Someday we're going to know. <laughs> Everything about your divorce. We're going to know everything about your marriage now. We're going to, like, there's, like, six books on Richard Pryor. Like, I know everything about Richard Pryor. And I'm at but, that point, I'm like, oh, yeah, this n I'm going to have no secrets. Somebody's writing this shit down, even if I don't know who it is. Yeah, but Richard Pryor lives such a crazy life. Our lives are way more boring. Like, Richard Pryor was lighting himself on fire. He was doing crack. He was marrying women left and right. I mean, Shooting he cars, left. cars, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, he did everything. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it just appeared crazy, though. But, but Bill, he's a better story. You know what I mean? Like, and it looked calm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Is my fucking internet just fucked up? Your internet is so fucked up. I saw you on The View with uh, Whoopi and Joy Behar. Your internet was the worst. It was so fucking annoying. I go, I got, I got to call Chris. I don't bother you. I don't call you. But I'm going to call him and say, listen, man, you got to invent now in the age of uh, of this coronavirus. I keep telling my assistant to like, you know, I don't know. You got to yeah, fire in, that assistant. In promotion mode and you keep going wonky on us. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I should You're a really check. great guest that just has shitty equipment. You know, so yeah. it knocks you down a few pegs. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, first of all, I would think a guy with your money, even though your wife took more than half, uh, I would think a guy with your money would have a, a little IT department, like an IT guy who could you fix your think, internet. I just, yeah, I, my assistant, I keep, yeah, because I've, com I've complained. I've complained. <laughs> I, I can't even keep a phone call half the time. I can't. Oh, if I dear. walk two steps, I lose every phone call. And I bet, and I bet you have put tons of money into your system. You losing me all the time? Tons of money. Yeah, I. Oh, um, yeah, I got you right now, but. Is it? Am I going in and out? Um. Let's see. Poor Chris, struggling. Yeah, you're okay, you're okay right now. It's okay. Let's let's see. It was like it, it the first phone call, the first Zoom black, call ever done. Struggling black man. <laughs> If it gets really bad, Chris, I'll call Struggling you on the phone and we can talk. You know what I yeah. mean? I could, I could uh, do that. Okay. If you if the connection gets bad. If the connection gets bad, I think we're okay though. Would you mind I'm, I'm going on your? Like would you mind going cry. on your roof and holding an antenna? If you could just like, kind of, <laughs> if you don't mind. Uh, so, Chris, we'll try this. Even if it uh, if it doesn't work, hey, it's Zoom and fuck it. You know what are we gonna wait, do? Wait, wait. Sorry, are we on the air, or is there even an air to be on? Everything is just recorded now? That no, we're live. Really? We yeah, we're live. That's what's so great about this show, that it's live. I can't stand doing a recorded interview, because then you get a call 20 minutes later, like, 
hey, man, do you mind editing that out or this out? You know what I mean? It's just bullshit. So it's so great to be live, I think. Good. I got a little watch what I say. No, this Zoom room you're in is very interesting because, you know, you have all the books behind you and that's a good that's a good look. It says, hey, Chris is intellectual. Jerry Seinfeld, when I interviewed him, he's got all comedy albums in his room, like a library. Yeah, I liked liked it. I liked that. I didn't, you know, I have no awards, no awards, no. (laughs) I love where are your awards? Did you sell them for uh, your wife? No, no, no. They're, you know, just in a nice place for the occasional date that comes by. And <laughs> not too you... obvious, but like in eye contact, like, mm. <laughs> You're that it's, like, it's like, like, oh, it's a Grammy over there. Is that a I'm... Grammy? Is it? <laughs> I'm the same way. When I was single... <laughs> I had shit strategically placed all over my apartment, like like anything that would make me look more famous or good or remind them who I was, because it works. It works. <laughs> so just we were, get that Emmy right there. So, what is your favorite award? Do any of them mean anything to you, or as a comic, are you so jaded that like you look at them and go, "This is bullshit." I mean, I like the the Grammys, uh, best uh, comedy spoken word, because just because you're on like a long list of Richard Pryor, Rodney Dangerfield, you know what I mean? Like there's a list somewhere and you're on it. So those probably would mean the most. And the 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 writing Emmys, because I'm not a guy with a freaking learning disorder and all this shit is like one, like three, four. Emmys for writing, like a fucking D student. That's kind of fly. Yeah. What is all this my talk kids about? Are a, like, uh, we don't go, mommy, mommy to help us with our homework. Like, I, I can write. <laughs> Everyone thinks you're like an idiot or something. Like, you can't write. It just takes you a little yeah, longer. Yeah. That's all. That's it. It just takes me a little longer. It just takes me a little longer. What was the deal on going public with comes, so. what was the deal on going public with this uh learning disorder and everything? I mean, is it just you're an open book and you I said fuck even, it? I'm just open book and fuck it. It's not like it was uh Yeah, I I, mean, was, I don't have plans like that. I'm not like uh one of these guys that uh only gives to charity if there's a camera looking. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm right. not one of these guys. Uh, <laughs> it's like, oh, make that check bigger. You know, <laughs> not one of those you know, guys. Yeah, you know, it's just it's, open book. It's just like, and you're just getting into this point in your life. It's just like, okay, just document it all. Fuck it. Just yeah, write it down. I was, this is, I this is looking, who I am. Yeah, I've always known and, that about and, you. And though. by the way, it's also it's also a way of apologizing to a lot of people without having to call them up. Because I'm it you, totally, come on, you know, I'm a total fucking weirdo. Anybody that knows me has been around me. It's like, what's up with that guy? It's a little. Does he like me? You know how I many people fucking say that shit? Think I don't like him? Yeah, it's so weird. It's like I've always known this about you. Um. And I've never been the the victim of uh, this with you, but well, like my wife, we'll go to a party and Chris will be there. And I haven't been to many parties with Chris, by the way. I mean, I see Chris socially once in a blue moon, 
But um, afterwards, my wife would always say to me, what's with Chris? Like, he won't look at me. He won't say hello. He doesn't acknowledge me. <laughs> exactly. And and I and when this came out that you had this particular disorder, I said, honey, it ain't that Chris hates you. I think he's got some kind of disorder where he just is inappropriate in social settings. He doesn't understand the cues because I've seen you like this with other people that I've been with. Like you totally just fucking tune them out. And I'm like, gee, I mean, it's really kind of, you know, people think you don't yeah. like them. They do. Yeah, I get that a lot. I, I got that a lot. It wasn't even that I didn't tune them out. It was that. I got this learning disorder and I, I, I suffer from a big ego, low self-esteem. So yeah, someone is like as beautiful as your wife. My, my self-esteem would probably just plummet to the ground. And it's just me like scared to even look at her or say anything feeling like yeah, I'm not worthy. Explain that to me. I think I'm the same way. I think I've got big ego, low self-esteem and that, that makes sense to me. I, like, there are times I can be grandiose and think I'm the most brilliant guy in the room. And yet underneath it all, I feel weird. So do you think with my wife, did you think, oh, she's intimidating because she's good looking and or something? Or was it that you just kind of, I don't know, what, what the fuck happens? It's weird. I mean, I don't, I don't understand at all yeah, because... I mean it's hard to explain. It's like, uh, and w when I say big ego, it's only about telling jokes. <laughs> if, <laughs> if it's got something to do with my work, I'm the baddest motherfucker alive, but anything else, it's like, Oh my God. I'm yeah. I just, I suffer. I'm, I just feel not worthy of, of anyone's attention, anyone's love, any, you know, any accolades, it just anything. Where the, I'm, I can't tell you that I'm any different. I don't know. I mean, I do know where it comes from. I know it, it all stems from your relationship with your parents and how you it were raised. It stems from your relationship with your parents. It stems from, I mean, first of all, you, uh, with me, I was born with this thing, right? Uh, or as I've been informed, uh, when I was like in the... I think seventh grade, uh, I had a fractured skull, uh, playing, uh, no, it wasn't even seventh grade. Anyway, I was out of school for 30 days and, uh, like my jaw was all messed up and whatever. And one of the doctors, uh, cause I've seen a ton of doctors. He said, you know, you probably had a bad concussion. You, you've suffered head trauma that was, hmm. you know, not tended to. And on top of everything else that's wrong with you, that, you know, it's like, you know, it's like a football player. Like you got a little bit of that going on. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you yeah. think part of your situation was physical, like, you know, something happened to you, but also do you think it was your relationship with your mother and father? Like shit, you know, these two don't get me. I got no one to talk to. And yeah, does that. No, you, you're right. It's also, and I, you went through this, you, you and I have this in common, like you went to a black school, I went to a white school. And you have this uh, childhood trauma that you haven't dealt with. And you think you've dealt with it, 
because you're on the radio and you talk about it and you made a lot of money. And I think I've dealt with it because I can write jokes about it, but I never dealt with it. No. So I'm being the just, black kid, being the black kid in the white school. Cause I relate to this cause I just had the polar opposite experience being the white kid in the black school. I felt like being white was the worst fucking thing in the world. If I could only be black, I would be accepted. Uh, and I'm wondering what it did to you to be the black kid in the white school. Were you like, shit, if I was just white, this world would be so much easier for me. No, I, I, I never wanted to be white, but I don't know. I did. Yeah, it was just a horrible existence. It was, yeah, I, I, the closest character I can relate to is, uh, Tim Robbins in the Shawshank. You know what I mean? Like every day was hell. Right. Um, they did a story in the New York Times a few, you know, a couple of months ago about these black kids in Long Island that one day went to the wrong neighborhood and white people were chasing them and the cops were out there and whatever, right? They got called nigger, whatever, right? And now, these grown black people who are the same age as me, they said the most traumatic day of their life. And, you know, they don't they don't go a day without thinking about it. Right. That was one day for them. Right. And the cops were there and the news was there. When I is again, I was talking to my shrink the other day because I talked to multiple shrinks in a week now. Why and multiple? so because um, right, we'll get- I got multiple things going on. So those kids had one day like that. I can conservatively look over my from second grade to 10th and say I had 700 days like that. Yes. And I (laughs) I had 700 days of being in jail. Somebody of being in jail where I was a nigga and I got fucking my ass beat and I got physically fucked up and sometimes some sexual shit happened. And yeah, like I wasn't raped, but you know, yeah. Yeah. And like I got 700 of those. And Chris, the, and let's comp- say I'm exaggerating. Okay, I got 400. Like, like that's out. And compounding that, we're taught... It, now, I don't know what your situation was at home, but when you went home, I don't know about you, but my situation was I had to be a brave front. I was not allowed to have any problems. There was no one to confide in. I got the shit beaten out of me multiple times a day. I go to school with a, a nervous feeling in my stomach, thinking maybe today's the day I die. Like real life and death stuff, choked out, beaten, punched in the face. Like, and like for wh- real, for real, yeah, for real. And when that happens and there's no one at home who gives a shit, that's even worse. Well, you know, I, I had the misfortune. I had like, you know, like I got black parents from the South. So it's like, yeah, you're telling you it's not so too. bad. They're they telling chased, you, it's you know what I mean? So like, I'm so, so how do you complain to your mother who had the Klan marching through her school? You know what I mean? Like, her principal's in the Klan. 
But that's the problem. It's as if you aren't, but it's as if you weren't entitled to have a problem because your mother had to deal with the clan. Okay, that's true. Dealing with the clan is horrible, but you're having a horrible time too. And, and there's no one to complain to because she's saying you don't have it so bad. I had it worse. Yeah. I mean, I didn't tell my parents a lot. I mean, okay. So I started, I'm born in 65. I go to, I'm bust. I'm I'm born in uh, South Carolina in 1965, which means I'm probably in a segregated wing of a hospital, if not right. a whole segregated hospital. Right? There's no right. chance there was a white baby next to me. Right? No way. No fucking no way. way. Not in South Carolina. No fucking way. That like right. that's what I'm born into. So by the time I go to school in '71, you know. Black kids were just allowed to go to white schools in 68. Yeah, no so one was too I thrilled to school, with that. The, <laughs> yeah, so it was, it was some brand new shit, you know. Right. You know, we still call we still call the Triborough Bridge the Triborough Bridge. It hasn't been the Triborough Bridge for 20 fucking years. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. it takes a while for things to change. Right. You were it the experiment. It takes a while for, you know, just because the law... Yeah, it was absolutely an experiment. Just because the law changes doesn't mean shit changes. Don't so, you remember the name of every white kid who beat the shit out of you? I, I remember these guys who beat the shit I out of me. All of them. Yep. I remember them well. Uh, I remember every teacher that said some crazy shit. Every you know person that worked. I mean, this is a, a larger argument. I. You know how easy it would be for me to like get on whatever Instagram or whatever and hold up a class picture and go, this guy called me nigger. This guy called me nigger. This guy beat me. This one spit my face. This one. It would be so easy. Right. Right. And I could destroy all their lives. Right. But that would, I mean, that would be bad in the sense that I would be assuming these people haven't changed. Right. Which is but a bad they probably thing, haven't. Right? They probably haven't. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying like and should should some kid's dad lose his job because he called me a nigger in nineteen eighty one. Really? You know what I mean? Like so I'm gonna I'm gonna be positive and I'm over it. And I hope I hope those people have changed. I really what do. What do you mean though? Because if I would have punished them, I'd be just as bad. I mean I, I, I gotta move on, Howard. I mean, what's, you know, what I'm, I'm going, I can't keep driving myself crazy and my loved ones crazy by my, uh, you know, I gotta move on. And also, it would make me as mean as them. It would actually make me meaner because I'm an adult now. I can actually control. I actually know what I'm doing. So I'm not. I'm not on like a revenge kick or any of that shit. I don't think I'm on any revenge kick. I've never gone on the air. Like my life, my life's revenge. Like there's a bunch of people that could have known a nice guy and they don't. You know what I mean? It's as simple as that. Have you ever been contacted by one of these? Chris Rock and they never got to experience Chris Rock. Right, right, right. They say in the Bible, I'm not the most religious guy, but like a lot of like preachers in my family. You don't get punished for your sins. Your sins punish you. You know what I mean? So, like, you cheat on your wife, right? God doesn't take a lightning bolt and strike you down. 
you cheat on your wife, and then you realize, oh, I love her. She's the best thing that ever happened to me. Oh, fuck, I can't get her back. Your sin punishes you. So with those guys, their sins will punish them and somehow, some way. I agree with you. You know, like I'll go on Facebook and look at all the women who rejected me and shit, you know, just to think I'm do, doing okay. But I walk around with an anger that I can't explain. In other words, you, I could say I'm past it, which I am. I mean, consciously, I don't think about these guys in Roosevelt who beat the shit out of me. I don't think about them all the time and, and all the injustices done to me. But I'm walking around with an anger all the time. And that's the fucking thing I can't shake as much as I can forgive. And I listen, I got a great life. I, I, I don't have to sit there and think about those guys, but it must be in there. I'm pissed off about what happened, even as much as I say I could shake it. I walk around with anger and I used to walk around with a fear. You know, like. I used to have like this squirrel like energy, like. Like, you can't sneak up on a squirrel. I'm just like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, but are you agoraphobic? To... Are you, are you afraid of the world? Because I am. I mean, I, I have real fears because I know what was done to me. I mean, I would think, but then I see you getting on a plane and going to Chappelle and this and that. It seems like you're pretty free of those fears, but I don't know. I mean, I'm, I, you know, I, I'm a work in progress. Um, I just got to the point where, okay, where I'm just like, it's going to be okay. No one's going to grab you and no one's going to, no one's going to de demoralize you and no one, I was, yeah, I, I'm not, and this is, and when I say it's new, I'm talking about this is only in the last like six, eight months where I'm not like, thinking some horrible shit's going to happen to me. Um, I was doing a movie a couple of years ago and one of my bullies was working security on the movie. Shit. That's great. And security. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. A guy, a guy, I swear, I won't say his name, uh, who literally one day in school, shook turned me upside down and shook the money out of my pockets like like some on some sugar shit 